Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. On today's show, I chat with Briley about her empowering home birth. After initially planning a hospital birth, Briley found she didn't feel aligned with the clinical ticking all the boxes type feeling she was left with after each appointment. When she stepped back to think about what she truly desired most during her birth, a woman's nurturing support was at the top of her list. This led her to join a local women's circle to connect with home birthing midwives and mothers, arming herself with all the tools and confidence she needed to manifest her own empowering home birth. Enjoy this episode, guys. Hi, Briley. Thank you so much for coming on today. Pleasure. No worries at all. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, um, we, we live in Scarborough, which is sort of just north of Brisbane on the peninsula. Um, and we've, we've got um, a little sunny boy who is, he's just, he turned two in November. Um, and then my partner, Steve. And so, yeah, we all live in Scarborough. Beautiful. And did you guys plan to conceive Sunny? We did. Yeah. We sort of, we always knew we wanted to have kids, but we spent a lot of our 20s traveling and um, doing things that we selfishly wanted to do for ourselves before we decided to get on the baby train. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, when we finally decided to start trying, it was very much a intentional thing. That's awesome. And did you guys have any issues or did it take very long? No, it was actually, um, I went off the pill probably five years before. Oh yeah, so cool. So it was just super safe for five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so I sort of let my body realign and um, then I started seeing a naturopath about, I'd say, a year before I decided to um, start trying to get pregnant. Um, so, yeah, when we first started trying, I think it was the second month that we got pregnant. So very, very blessed that that happened so yeah. seamlessly. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you mind sharing the key things your naturopath suggested for you to do to get your body ready for pregnancy? Yeah, so she just um, really just checked my bloods and sort of, were, I guess, recognised if there's any 
areas um, that I was sort of lacking in a little bit just to sort of bring my body into alignment. Yeah, so awesome. I can't specifically remember um, the key things that she recommended, but I just felt, I think for me mentally, I felt good knowing that I was sort of getting my body ready for um, obviously growing a little human. Mm. Um, so important, isn't it? We kind of forget about that preconception period. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's just little things that they pick up on. Like I wasn't um, absorbing water very well. So I was drinking a lot of water. Um, but she sort of picked up when she looked at my bloods that um, I wasn't absorbing it. So then I just had to add a little bit of Celtic salt into my water and I'd be more hydrated, just like little mm. things like that that really. Yeah, interesting. And what was your pregnancy like with him? Uh, really good, actually. I, um, I'm one of those really annoying pregnant <laughs> women that love being pregnant. Um, I didn't have any sickness. Um, obviously felt a little bit off for the first sort of 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say definitely fatigued. Um, but other than that, I, um, I'd probably say the thing for me in pregnancy was emotions. I think I'm one, I'm, I'm someone who, um, I think I find it hard to, I guess, release my emotions. So I don't cry very often. Okay. Um, so I feel like in my second trimester, it was almost like everything confronted me and I had to just surrender and, allow the emotions to just be let out so I feel like that's probably my um my pregnancy in a in a nutshell yeah that's good though it's so healing to have a big emotional release yeah I think it was really nice and I think it's you know obviously just learning about that surrender early on um I feel like in pregnancy you sort of get faced with things that you have to confront because obviously through the birth process it's all um all systems go and you kind of have to yeah, let go and, and just go with, with what's happening. Yeah, so true. And yeah. what model of care did you guys end up choosing? Um, so I originally um, started going to the hospital. So mm-hmm. um, where I live in Scarborough, the closest hospital is Redcliffe. Um, so I started going to the appointments there thinking that this is what I wanted to do. And I heard about one of my friends is studying to be a midwife. So she mentioned the midwifery group practice program there so I applied for that super early on um thinking I'd get into that but I ended up not getting into it and then I just started feeling a little bit um like all of my appointments were quite clinical Mm -hmm. um like yes the midwives were nice but I just felt like I was tick the box and move on um so for me I was kind of in a mindset like what do I really need for I guess to really embrace this experience and then um so my mum passed away when I was really young oh, and I kind of felt like when I started to really connect and think about what I needed in this experience, it was really like a nurturing woman around me to support mm-hmm. me through birth because I trusted in the body. I mean, obviously it's growing a little human being, so why can't it birth and et cetera. Um, so I kind of believed in that. And so then I was like, oh, I might start exploring this home birth path. Um, and then I reached out to Sarah Buckley, who um, I had – been recommended her gentle um birth gentle mothering book mm-hmm. um so she sort of put me in the direction of a couple of home birth groups in Brisbane and then I went to one of their meetups and just sort of started connecting with some home birth midwives and then it ended up getting referred to one who's based in Mullaney um so my beautiful midwife is Terry um who, who's based in Mullaney um so I called her and we ended up having a good hour and a half chat and she's just phenomenal I think she was really that yeah the nurturing woman that I was kind of looking for to support me through 
this process. So I went and met her and it all aligned and she had availability in the month that I was um, I was due, so it all worked out really well. Yeah. And what sort of inspired you to go down that home birthing path? Did you have anyone around you that had home birthed or what was your motivation to birth your baby at home? I hadn't actually, no. A lot of my family and friends thought I was a little bit crazy, to be honest. <laughs> um, and they, you know, had their own fears around it. But I sort of said, look, I, this is my decision. At the end of the day, I'm the one that going through the experience. So you can either support me or you know, hold yeah. your fears. Um, and yeah, I didn't really want them to share their fears with me. So um, in terms of um, why I chose it, I think, again, it was just that innately I always believed and had that faith in the body. Yeah. So I was like, why should I question that? And then I'm also, I don't really love hospitals. I know they're there for a reason. Um, and I absolutely, you know, plan A, plan B. I know that the hospital's three minutes up the road from me. Um so I think I just kind of thought, well, you know, the women before us have all birthed and my pregnancy was really low risk. There was no sort of um, risks that presented themselves through the process. And then I kind of thought that why not? Why couldn't it work? So yeah. that's kind of why I just went down the path. And I'm a little bit, um, I mean, obviously yoga and meditation and whatnot. So I kind of, yeah, just lent on my practices with that and, um yeah, I think at the eventually, like friends and family sort of came around to it and just kind of left me to my own devices, which I was yeah. happy with and they supported me. So that That's was nice. Awesome. Was there anything in particular you did to help get you into that confident headspace? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's actually funny because before I um, got pregnant, I thought I'd be someone that'd be very much just go with the flow, like you know, don't research. But as soon as I got pregnant, I went full mode research, mm-hmm. um, wanted to know everything, wanted to understand exactly how the body, um, I guess, effectively went through labor and birth and whatnot. And I think that's again, Sarah Buckley's book really um, was a good stepping stone to understanding that. So I, yeah, just really wanted to understand the hormones and how everything worked. Because obviously being at home, I knew um, in terms of any relief it was really it was all in the mind um and I knew that relief part was really getting into the pool eventually but everything before that was kind of left to my own devices so I definitely tried to um arm myself with as much information and techniques and tools and everything as possible so I actually had a friend who um gifted me a hypnobirthing I think I did hypnobubs which was online oh yeah um and um I just did the online course, which was really good. I think um, I was thinking in my mind, I was like, oh, is it going to be as effective if I'm not doing this face-to-face? But, again, I think I had that hypnobirthing um, course online and then I had a really beautiful home birth group up in um, the Sunshine Coast that I would go and catch up with every month. That's so cool. So you guys would get together and sort of share stories and advice. Is that how it worked? Yeah, yeah. And we used to just have a bit of a women's circle. Um, when we'd get there, everyone would bring something to share food-wise and then we'd all sort of introduce ourselves. And if someone had recently had a baby, they shared their story. And mm, Such a great idea. Would you be able to repeat how you found this group just for the listeners interested in finding a similar group near themselves? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was actually through my midwife, Terry, Um because herself and a couple of other midwives and doulas up on the Sunshine Coast organise these um, these meetups. So, um, 
Yeah, you can find them online. So there's a group on Facebook. And then I think, again, with the other home birth um, groups, it's really, I mean, you can find them on Instagram now as well as Facebook. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. So do you want to take us to that first sign of labour? Yeah, sure. So um, I I was seeing a chiropractor um, as well, so just before um, probably started seeing them about 28 weeks because I'd never seen one before and my midwife had recently had a home birth with this particular um, couple who were the chiropractors. Um, anyway, why I'm saying this is because I – so I um, went into labour when I was 38 and 2. Um, so I was a little bit early and not expecting it because yeah. I literally had a – um, check up with my midwife on the I think it was the Monday and she was like you know baby's not engaged yet you know we've still got plenty of time like you know just relax into it and let's just take our time I was like okay cool no worries and then I had a chiropractor's appointment on the Tuesday and I remember when I was um having the session with my chiropractor I felt this like little click happen and I didn't know what it was but I was like kind of felt nice um and then then I went home Tuesday and then Wednesday I was all really relaxed, got up, went for a walk. Um, my partner was at work and yeah, I was just really enjoying being in that maternity leave sort of phase where you're just sort of napping and taking it easy, getting things prepared. Um, and then I think I'd woken up from a nap at about 3.30 and my dad called me and he was like, oh, what do you think? When's it going to happen? I'm like, just relax, dad. It's going to be a while away. Like, don't call me every day. It's all good. Because um, he's down in Victoria because I'm originally from down there. Um, so he was kind of wondering when to come up. Um, so, yeah, so then I got up from a nap and my par- my um, partner's parents were actually in the backyard doing a bit of gardening and whatnot. And um, I went to the toilet, had a wee, and then I went to go walk out the back to say hi to them. And next minute, this water's completely broke. And I was like, I definitely went to the toilet before, so I'm not peeing myself right now. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is my water's breaking. I think my face just would look super stunned because I did not expect it this early at all. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like the trickle. I think there's like three different types of water's breaking. One's like a trickle, one's a little bit of a leak, and the other one's like a full-blown just water's breaking. Um, so that happened and then I was like, oh my gosh, like, and I instantly just got that excited. I was like, this is happening. Like, I just did not expect it this soon. Um, so I called my partner and let him know, um, that he should probably get home. Um, and then I called my midwife and just let her know. And she was surprised. She was like, oh, I didn't expect this to be happening so early, but we're having a baby in the next 24 hours, Briley. And I was like, oh. She's like, let me just double check, like, go, can you just check and see what the liquid looks like? And I was like, all right. So I went and checked and there was little sort of specks of, uh, so there's little specks of white in there. And she's like, oh, that's the vernix from the baby. So anyway, we got all excited. And um, then she said, look, just take it easy. Just go about your evening as you would. And this is about five o'clock in the afternoon at this point. Um, Go about your evening, you know, cook dinner, just do whatever you're going to be doing. Steve will be home soon. Just relax. I'm like, yep, no worries. And um, she said, look, I'll be there in a couple of hours because Mulaney's an hour away from here. So she had to get things ready and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, so she got here at about 7 o'clock and um, we just sort of started eating a little bit of dinner. I think we're having salmon for dinner. And when we got there, Terry's like, oh, I might just – get you to just hold off eating the salmon a little bit just because of the oil I was like okay I didn't really know why um but I think it's something to do with like omega oils thinning the blood 
but then also down the track it's not really the nicest thing to um oh yeah have when you're potentially vomiting and healing <laughs> and all that fun stuff um so yeah so then Terry got there it was all pretty relaxed really she sort of I didn't really want any checks. I didn't want to know if I was dilated or not. I just kind of wanted to just feel it out, see how we went for the next sort of three or four hours. Um, so then Terry was sort of checking the positioning of the baby and we recognised that Sonny was posterior. Um, so we're like, okay, we need to try and turn this baby. Um, and then she said that I was having sort of contractions as well but I actually I was like am I I can't feel them at all so I'm sitting there looking at my belly just like okay well here you go you're contracting now it's like oh okay I could see it happening but I just couldn't feel it yeah so it was obviously just like the early stages I think yeah okay um plus I was still really excited so she was like you need to just like relax like I was like okay yeah I'll relax <laughs> I think we got to about 8 30 and I was like, oh, yeah, Terry, I think I'm feeling, I think I'm feeling them now. I think I really am. And she's like, oh, okay, well, that's good. Just, you know, just feel, just just relax into them. I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. And we're sort of just my partner, Terry, um, my midwife and I were just in the lounge room just chatting and whatnot so I could still talk through them. Um, and, yeah, then we we're trying to obviously turn the baby. So we use um, a lot of spinning babies techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, so Terry was right across the rebozo technique um so we did a bit of that and then I was doing inversions where my elbows or my sort of forearms are on the ground and my knees up on the couch oh I remember that one (laughs) yeah but it was it was okay because at this point I wasn't really affected too much by the contractions um and then we did another random thing on the side of the bed where they kind of I can't even remember exactly what it was but they did something um so yeah, then we just sort of did that a little bit and she kept checking the baby and the heart rate was really calm. Um, it was really good. And then I would say like things, I think Terry asked me at about nine o'clock, she's like, oh, do you think I should go home? And maybe you guys call me when you feel like things are ramping up. And I was like, oh, maybe just, can you just wait another hour? Just wait another hour and we'll see. And then luckily I uh, said that because things literally just intensified from then on. Yeah. Um to the point where I think by about 10 o'clock my contractions were, I remember the rhythm, it was like 40 seconds um, and then I'd have a 20-second break and then I'd have a minute one, a minute surge, and then I'd have a minute break and then it'd be that rhythm again. So straight away, 40 seconds, 20-second break, minute, um, and then a minute break. So it was like, it's almost like that's the rhythm that I just remember having to mentally prepare for every time. Mm-hmm. Um so I was just trying to breathe through them. Um, definitely used a lot of hypnobirthing techniques. Um, I think at one point um, I was just going from the the, uh, the bathroom to the bed and I was really just on all fours and leaning forward the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I spent a bit of time sitting on the toilet as well, which actually felt really nice, I think opening up the pelvis on there. Um and it was really funny because I had a playlist organized. I had, you know, all of these beautiful things we were going to prepare, um, had salt lamps and candles. And I remember um, I was kind of telling Steve, my partner, I was like, all right, like, let's get this all set up, put the music on. And I was like, actually, don't put the music on. I don't want the music. I just wanted it to be literally silent. And then he turned the salt lamp on and I was like, that's way too bright. <laughs> <laughs> so literally I was like in darkness wow. the entire night makes sense um, 
yeah. Meanwhile, I think Steve had to kind of be occupied by filling up the birth pool because we had um, we didn't have the best hot water system and the pool was kind of out in our back bungalow room. Mm-hmm. So yes, I didn't. I was kind of just wanting to be on my own um, while Steve was kind of focusing on doing that. And then I had one of my best friends, Claire, um, teed up to come over as well because she was going to take some photos for me. Um, so I think at about midnight I remembered to say to Steve, call Claire, like you need to call Claire. Um, so Claire eventually got there. Um, and when she arrived, I think she came in and then t- she sort of asked Terry, like, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't want to interrupt. And Terry's like, look, just don't talk to her. Just go and, you know, touch her on the back and let her know that you're there and then just leave her be and just, yeah, just leave her to her own device. And she's really sort of in the zone. Um, so yeah, I remember when Claire came in to let me know she was there, um, she she had must have had perfume on and I don't wear perfume and it, I really um, oh, yeah. kind of like it just instantly I was like, oh, that's really strong. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I think I was kind of at that stage of transition as well um, and I vomited in the bath. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really, really intense. Um so, yeah, I vomited in the bath, which was just – there was nothing in the bath. It was just literally a shower bath kind of thing in the in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think by this stage I was really just like, what other tools do I have in my brain right now to help me? And then I remember Terry coming in and she was doing really light sort of massage on my hips and just really gentle type work. And, you know, Terry really left me to my own devices and um, would come and check on me absolutely and sort of, you know, offer sort of little words of encouragement and um yeah it was really beautiful I just felt really safe knowing that she was there and I think because I'd done um the research and understood the hormones and how everything was actually operating in the body when I was feeling the discomfort and the intensity I was like okay this is all for a reason so there's nothing to be fearful about and I think the fact that I mentally understood that I wasn't anxious about the intensity I was more like all right, every contraction, I want it to be as powerful and as effective as possible. And I think I remember getting into this rhythm of every time I had a surge, I would be like, you know, this is bringing um, your baby closer to you. And I really felt the whole time throughout the labour, it was me and the baby communicating and really working together. So I didn't feel like I was in it alone. I felt like we were really in it together. Yeah, wow. Um, So, yeah, and I think I got to one point and Terry must have, I think she was feeding me like a spoonful of honey or something for a little bit of energy because <clears throat> I was literally falling asleep in between my contractions. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. Um, and then I think at one point Terry said, sort of asked me like how I'm going. I was like, oh, I just, I need something else. I, I just need something to, I need to try something different. And she was like, how about you start stomping your feet? Like really just stomp them. I was like, oh, and I was still worried about my neighbours either side hearing <laughs> me, um, which was silly. Um, I'd pre-warn them that I was having home birth and just to be mindful that if you hear any noises, not to be concerned. Um, and they're beautiful neighbours, so they were they were really great. Um, but, yeah, so I started stomping my feet and I was like, oh, my God, that feels good because it just felt like I was taking that intensity out of my core body and just, like, it was just going out my feet. Um, and it's amazing what you can mentally convince yourself is happening to your body because I was like, oh, this is good. This is like, this is going to get me through the next, I don't even know what stage I'm at, but I feel like it's got to get me to uh, the next point. Um, so then, yeah, we did that for a while. And then I think 
I got to a point where I was like, okay, this is, I need to get in that pool. I really need to get in that pool. Um, and then I, I think Steve and Terry walked me to the back bungalow. So we had to like walk out the back um, hallway down um, three stairs and then I had to walk into the back room. And I remember looking at the birth form, like how the fuck am I going to get my leg up over, <laughs> over that pool? I was literally like, oh that is gosh. huge. I didn't even think about this part. And I was like, Terry, I don't think I can get in. She's like, yes, it actually be really good for you to open up your hips this way. And I was like, if you say so, if you say so. And so then I, um, I think I stepped up and I think my mucus plug must have come out then. So it didn't actually come out at the start, which was interesting. Um, I'll tell you why I realized that after it's quite funny. Um, so anyway, I stepped out, stepped into the pool. And I think as soon as I got into the pool, I was like, oh my God, it was just incredible. It was so nice. Um, and I was, I think I was leaning forward on all fours and then I just felt this, I was like, oh, Terry, I don't, this is, this position's not working for me. Cause I just felt this really, it's kind of like a sharpish, sharpish pain in my, um, pubic bone area like can't even you know when you get lightning crutch when you're um, pregnant it was like that but then it just didn't stop and I was like this is this position's not working for me um so then we got Steve into the pool and he sat on the little it's like a little stool thing in the pool um and then Terry's like just lean on your side and just let your bottom leg fall to the to the ground just let it gravity take it and then Steve can you just hold Briley's sort of support um Briley's top sort of leg um whilst you're in there and so we did that and it was instant relief I was like oh my gosh that is amazing so as soon as I got into that position I think yeah the pushing stage really started my body just went all right we're on (laughs) and um and yeah it was um all systems go and I think um yeah the pushing stage probably went for about 45 oh hey sunny (laughs) (laughs) it's okay um the pushing stage probably went for about 45 minutes I think mm-hmm. um and I think at one point Terry realized that my that I think once Sonny's head came out because I didn't know if I was having a boy or a girl either um I think when his head came out she could see that the cord was wrapped around three times around his neck oh okay um so she was like oh, okay she's like okay it's, I'm just I'm gonna unravel the cord um just in this in this next um surge that you get let's try and let's try and just get the baby out I was like oh, okay so you want me to because before that she was really good in terms of being just be gentle and you know really mindful of my um not tearing and whatnot um so that was really helpful to just have her gently sort of give me some sort of guidance um around that I found that helpful mm-hmm. um and yeah so when the head came out she was sort of like okay we need this next surge like just relax but then when this next surge comes we want the body we really want the body to come out um, and my second midwife had been called at this point, um, but she was also an hour away, so she hadn't arrived yet either. So it was just Terry, Steve in the pool with me, and then my best friend Claire, who was taking photos. And I remember Terry saying to Claire, "Claire, do you think you can put that down and um, just give me a hand?" Because I think she only had two hands, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to hold the torch because at this stage it was like three thirty in the afternoon, or in the morning. Um, and again, because I was not wanting any lights on, I was literally in pitch black. Um, so she's had a little torch that Terry was kind of holding in her mouth. Um, and yeah, so the next push, the baby came out. Um, mm. and somehow I think 
hopefully I managed to get another photo as well. So there's a really cool photo of that. Um, and yeah, when he came out, I was just, I think in that much of a relief knowing that, you know, the feeling of when they come out, it's like, Oh my God, that is the biggest relief of my life. Um, and, um, yeah, so when he came out, I think I, Terry's like, oh, like, you know, grab him because he was kind of just floating in the water because I was so relieved. Yeah. I was like, I didn't instantly think to grab him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then I just sort of picked him up and put him on my chest. Um, and he was actually um, pretty limp. So he wasn't really um, responding physically. So he'd lift his arm up and it'd just literally drop. Um, but it's okay. Cause literally I had him on my chest and I remember looking into his eyes and I was like, you're in there. Like, I know mm. that you're in there. You're just really stunned. So, mm. um, I remember just sort of being like, you're in there. I know you're there. And then we're sort of just blowing on his face, giving him some air and whatnot. Cause it was kind of a quick, um, entrance as well. I think he was just stunned. Um, but yeah, it was just this knowing when I was looking into his eyes, I was like, I know you're there. Like I didn't have one little ounce of fear. Um, and I trusted so much in Terry that I was like, okay, like we've got, you know, I think in home birth, um, you know, the midwives have got all of the equipment there to be able to do resuscitation, etc. So I knew all that. Um, so yeah, we just sort of, I think it was like a minute, maybe a minute and 20, um, mm-hmm. until he started sort of gargling and, and actually breathing, but the cord was still attached and whatnot. So I knew he was getting some oxygen, um, so, yeah, then eventually he came too and I was like, I knew you were there. Like I just mm. wasn't stressing. And then my second midwife literally just arrived at that point in time as well. Um, so, yeah, everyone's, I guess, concern in that first little instance um, kind of quickly went away. Yeah. And um, after doing a bit of research on that, actually, I realised it's quite common yeah. um, for that to happen. You kind of think they're going to come out screaming and whatnot, but it's not always the case. So, yeah, he just laid on my chest for a while and he was actually really calm. Like I think he sort of made a little bit of gargle, had a little bit of a cry and then he just, I don't know, he just relaxed into me and me and Steve sat there for a while and just had a towel over us so we keep we kept him warm. Um, and, yeah, just had a really nice time yeah. being in there and enjoying him and just kind of, you know, that instant sort of feeling. I think the sun was also um, starting to rise as well because this is about 4 a.m. at this point. Um, and it's funny, we actually had two chickens that we bought up from when they were little babies. And, um, I think I mentioned that we didn't know if we're having a boy or a girl. Um, and my second midwife was like, I feel like I can hear a, um, <laughs> a, a rooster, like a baby <laughs> rooster. I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, we've only got hens. And then Steve looked at me, he's like, that chicken, I knew it was way oh. too big the whole time. <laughs> so we discovered at that point in time that we'd had a boy and that we also, one of our hens was a rooster. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny. Never heard that story before. <laughs> I know. How's that for timing? I was like, this is so bizarre. That is awesome. Love it. And yeah. how was your afterbirth with your placenta? Yeah. So um, we kept the cord uh, attached for, um, I think, like, maybe until it stopped pulsing. So it would have been, like, maybe maybe a bit longer than that, maybe 45 minutes Mm -hmm. because we just had a little bed set up in the back room um, where I just sort of sat there and they did their checks while Sonny was on my chest and um, didn't rush into weighing him or anything like that. They're like, that stuff can wait. It's not the end of the world. And I think they were just making sure I wasn't losing much blood, which I hadn't, um, which was really good. And then the placenta still wasn't really coming out. So 
at that point we sort of made the decision to um, cut the cord, which was fine because I felt like the cord had stopped pulsing. So Sonny had got that extra nutrients um, in that time. And then sort of Steve just took Sonny and enjoyed him for a little while whilst we focused on trying to get this placenta out. So we thought, well, let's try and change position. So I got up and we walked and I sat on the toilet um, thinking that that would come out. Um, I think I was on there for about 15 minutes and they're like, okay, let's get Sunny and we'll put him on the, you know, the breast and see if that starts to stimulate it. Cause I think it was getting to about the hour and 10 mark at this point. So my midwives were like, Oh, we kind of want this to be coming out soon. Um, I was like, okay, no, it's fine. It'll come out. Um, so we put Sunny on boob. Um, I thought he was feeding really well until we took him off and, um, and my nipple was blood listed from literally the first feed. Oh, so, no. Not the greatest, but um, I wasn't aware because you'd never felt it before, right? So I was like, oh, I think this is normal. And then we tried the other boob because I was like, maybe it's been latching properly. Um, and that's still, um, I came out with two blood listed nipples. Mm. Um, and the placenta still wasn't coming out. So Terry was like, look, you know, this is our options. Like, if it doesn't come out, like, we will potentially have to transfer. Um, and it will have to be mechanically removed. And I was like, oh, okay, we don't want that. And she's like, the other option is I've got Pitocin here. Um, you know, you're not connected to, or Sunny's not connected to the placenta anymore. If you feel comfortable, um, you know, I would say this is this is probably the best option. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, for sure. Like at the end of the day, I was more than happy as long as it wasn't going through to Sunny. So I was like, um, it gave me the Pitocin in the leg. Um, and then I think after... 10 minutes of that Terry's like have you got the urge and I was like I literally cannot imagine pushing anything out my vagina right now (laughs) I really I really don't um and she's like well this needs to come out so let's try and get a different environment so then we went into my bedroom laid on the bed and at that point in time Steve's parents um decided to show up because they (laughs) they live just kind of around the corner I think they were just really excited it was their first grandchild and they're all you know, thought that everything was all good because I think Steve must have let them know that we'd had a little boy. Okay. Um, so I was like, can you please just stay in the lounge room? Like, I really need to focus right now. This birth isn't over yet. So then we kind of just left them in the lounge room with my friend Claire and Steve was in there with Sonny. Um, and we were just focusing, me and my midwife, so Terry and Allison, um, on trying to get the placenta out. And then eventually Terry's like, how about we just try? You just give us one big push. I know you don't feel like it, but just try it. So I was laying down on the bed and just did this big push and next minute just plopped out. So very grateful that that happened all physiologically in the end, mm-hmm. although obviously getting Pitocin, but again, I felt okay Still, about that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I was really glad it came out and then, yeah, it was all intact. And Did you we, do um, anything special with it? Yeah, I ended up getting it encapsulated. Awesome. Actually. So my midwife um, took it back with her to... Mulaney where there was a lady there who encapsulated it for me and then did a little bit of random artwork with it which oh, was nice was interesting yeah it was cool what was your verdict on the capsules because I seem to kind of get mixed reviews about them I don't really know to be honest um mm-hmm. when you don't have anything to compare it to like I feel like yeah true mentally I was like okay I'm having these apparently supposed to help with you know milk production and at that point in time with breastfeeding I was like I am trying anything and everything I possibly can. Um, so for me, I was like, you know, whether it's doing something or not, I think mentally um, placebo effect or whatnot, um, I felt like I was I was nurturing my body by doing it. Um, so I just kind of took it religiously for the first 
um, probably six, maybe not six months. I definitely took it a lot in the first um, instance anyway. But, yeah. yeah, it's really hard to say whether it, it does something or not. Um, but, yeah, I'm thinking because I'm pregnant at the moment, so I'm 29 weeks with my oh, second. Um, and I'm thinking about what am I going to do this time? And I actually think we might plant a tree in the backyard. And Yeah, um, that'd be beautiful. Do that this time. Yeah. Is there anything you would change or do differently for your next birth? No, no. Okay. Nope, nothing I'm changing. I did start going to the hospital again because I actually ended up getting into the midwifery group practice this time. Um, I was like, oh, and I kind of, I don't know why I started going, but I think I just liked them to know, like, go there in the first 20 weeks pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, But also I'd already booked Terry in, but I just went there. So the hospital knew my history and background, et cetera. So if by chance I had to um, transfer to hospital that they had all of my information. Um, so I think mentally that was just like me knowing that there's plan B, but obviously plan A was my focus, but I just want, didn't want to be completely transfixed that that was the only way it could go. And my partner was also, when I first said I wanted to have a home birth, um, he was like, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> if, this is what you, if this is what you want, I completely trust that you know your body and he's beautiful. Like Amazing. He's, he's um, super supportive, but he's like, but we need to also have a plan B. And I was like, mm, okay, if that plan B is going to make you feel better. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm really glad that we did talk through, okay, this is the option if, you know, we have to go down that path. We're three minutes from the hospital, like all these different, you know, plans um, that we had to consider as well. But ultimately we trusted that our first plan was what would like transpire, I guess. Yeah, yeah. What advice yeah. do you have for any pregnant women out there? Um. I think there's so much advice out there. Hundred um, percent. I think it's really just sort of thinking at the beginning, who whose opinion do I value yeah. in this particular in, instance and circumstance? Like I think everyone knows themselves better than anyone. Um, but just yeah, being aware of when people are giving you advice, is that advice that you want to take on board, or is that someone who you're you know respectful that they've got advice for you, but it's not necessarily the same pathway that you ultimately want to have if that makes sense yeah absolutely um and then I would probably say some people like to go with the flow and I totally get that Mm -hmm. um but for me my anxiety with the unknown the birth process etc um I think by knowing more and by understanding what was actually happening to my body when I was feeling all the discomfort and the intensity um the fact that I knew it sort of eased that um, I guess fear, fear. Yeah. so that fear obviously didn't come into my body which then didn't tense my body and I was able to relax and that's I think honestly my surges were really really strong and effective um, so I feel like that really helped just by having the information knowing my body and understanding what was happening at the time yeah yeah awesome advice thank you so much Briley for coming on today and sharing your journey no worries thanks so much guy that brings us to the end of the show guys i really love the idea of finding a women's circle to help guide and educate you through your pregnancy and birth i feel like whatever pathway you decide to take to bring your baby earthside connecting with other women is always a terrific idea 
I also found it really interesting that Briley's baby had his cord wrapped around his neck three times. That's something I've always been told was extremely dangerous and in all cases required an emergency C-section. But I am no expert as we know. So if you guys have any more info on this topic, I would love to hear it over on the PBA Instagram. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show and I'll see you next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Bye.